Welcome to the You Are Infinitely Loved podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Koos. We believe that loving yourself is the key to transforming every aspect of your life. And it's our hope that these conversations bring you one step closer towards embracing this truth. Hello, and welcome to another episode of You Are Infinitely Loved. This week, we thought it would be so fun (laughs) to look at Valentine's Day. It is coming up on our calendar, and we thought we do a podcast on self-love. It's literally a holiday about love. Let's cash in. (laughs) (laughs) And the sad part is, is that it took us down a very sad sad trail of what we um, thought would be fun (laughs) turned into a nightmare (laughs) so we would like to invite you on this sad journey into self-love around valentine's day (laughs) yeah it's pretty funny we thought this would be like a really fun light-hearted episode and hopefully there will be some fun moments and light-heartedness but actually the more we discussed what self-love looks like in and out of relationships it brought up some tender things uh so yeah I don't know about you but I've got some stuff (laughs) (laughs) I mean no I've I've got nothing (laughs) Chris is being very silent on the subject I think he's Mm. maybe mastered Valentine's Day that's a an always interesting holiday (laughs) well said as his wife that's a concerning statement just wanted to point that out by the way can I ask let's does, is Coos a good Valentine, Lindsay? Does he know how to I, I be can romantic? I can answer that. <laughs> yeah, Coos? Self-assess? I, I am a terrible gift giver, <laughs> and I'm trying. Is this going to be like podcast therapy, couple therapy for Coos and I today? Is this Absolutely. what's happening? Well, the great thing about this episode is obviously we can talk about what it looks like in and out of relationships because you guys are in a relationship and hopefully at the end of this episode still will be. And I, <laughs> I am out as in I am single <laughs> um, and have been for a long time. So it will be interesting to look at what does self-love look like for people that are single and what does it look like for people in relationships and whether you're newly single and dealing with a bit of a broken heart or whether you are long-term single and also the difference between happily single, unhappily single. We're going to go through all of it today and just talk about what self-love looks like in relationships. So as we were looking at all the different types of places you could be in right now as this looing holiday, which again, for some people, Valentine's Day means nothing. Yeah, I mean, for me, it doesn't mean anything. Just, uh, you know, I'm going to be honest, it doesn't mean anything. Does it mean anything to you, Lindsay? (laughs) I mean, maybe I'll change my mind when some guy declares his undying love for me in a few days' time, but right right now, does it mean anything? No pressure, but if you're out there listening. (laughs) No pressure, podcast listeners, but if you want to go bold, I welcome all declarations of love. (laughs) Go to our website. There's a contact form. So now this has turned into a dating. We accept, we accept applications. (laughs) Who needs Tinder? (laughs) Who needs Tinder? (laughs) And bonus, the people listening to our podcast, Sam, are actually maybe great potential. Could be. Well, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And let me tell you folks, 
she does not have a face for a radio. Ah, oh, so kind. <laughs> for anyone out there, I am 35. <laughs> I am hetero. <laughs> I like long walks on the beach. Seriously, it's not just a line. <laughs> we have derailed. Pull it back, pull it back. <laughs> Let's get serious. No. Yes, but when we think about just the different categories, we looked at we could be single and happily choosing that. Mm-hmm. We could be single and unhappy about that status. Mm-hmm. We could be single, happy about being single, but also wanting a partner. Mm-hmm. We could be in a relationship that's very healthy and we feel a lot of love mm-hmm. uh, from our partner and for ourselves. We could be in a relationship and feel very badly about ourselves mm-hmm. and about the relationship and kind of stuck. So there's just, we could be recently out of a relationship and how painful that can be. And sometimes liberating, sometimes painful, sometimes both. And so we look at how complicated it is, which is why we kind of went down a little sad trail as we were (laughs) prepping for this episode, because we've all experienced different levels of attachment or Mm. unattached. And we can see how it directly correlates oftentimes to how we feel about ourselves and how we can hold self-love for ourselves. So true. So for me, my current kind of status is that I would consider myself in the happily single camp, however, wanting a partner, wanting a relationship. So I feel like, yeah, I'm I'm definitely happy being single. And I think so much of that is because I have worked significantly on my self-love. So I am able to be loving and be kind to myself and do the things that bring me joy and make sure that I'm filling my own love cup and that I'm, yeah, really focusing on everything that makes me feel really, really wonderful, which means that my life feels wonderful, which means that I am happy in it and in myself. And I have a self-acceptance that just feels really comfortable. However, I still, (laughs) but wait, wait, there is more, Uh, but I told me yesterday, Sam, (laughs) (laughs) but I would be lying if I didn't also acknowledge that I really would like to be in a healthy, loving, intimate relationship right now. And I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and yeah. And, and so how do you, I guess the question is, how do you love yourself, do everything you can to really create a beautiful life for yourself and still allow yourself to want something more. Yeah. And I think about our history, you know, in the past, have we always been self-loving? Nope. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's what changed me. The self-love part is really what moved me from the unhappily single camp to the happily single, but wanting a relationship camp in that. Mm -hmm. I think the reason why, a lot of people are unhappily single is that they are relying on someone else to provide them with that love and acceptance that they are not giving themselves. Mm -hmm. And therefore it's a really unhappy place to be if you're relying on somebody else to provide that for you and you don't have that person in your life. You feel this huge void because you feel like super lonely because you don't have that love and that connection and and you just really want it. And so mm-hmm. it's a very unhappy place to be. And I think for me, the transition out of 
unhappily single to happily single, but at least acknowledging that I do want a relationship was building my self-love because now, and I think that's a healthy place to be. Now I know that when I do find someone to share my life with, or when I am in a healthy relationship, at least I am not relying on that other person to give me the love, validation, acceptance that I need. I'm not relying on that person for my happiness. I can generate that within myself mm-hmm. and and then hopefully he is doing the same, you know, so that together we'll be a strong couple. Hashtag power couple. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think you bring up a good point about the love cup thing though, right? Mm. We're expecting a lot of times our partners or the people around us to fill up our love cup. Mm. And I think the best analogy is that when we aren't practicing self-love, we actually are holding a love colander. People can Mm. be dumping love into that and it just comes right on out, you know? Oh my God. I love that analogy. It's Mm -hmm. so true. Yeah. If you don't have that self-love and you're relying on it from other people, it is like a colander because everything they say to you, all of the love that they give you doesn't even stick. It just, you can't yeah, absorb just it. falls yeah. straight through because you don't believe it. There's an mm-hmm. underlying belief that you're not deserving or you're not worthy of it. So right. it doesn't stick. Yeah. I feel like this is a good time for you to pop in. In that, <laughs> you got a love calendar, Coos. <laughs> no, I I feel quite opposite. Uh, when we first got married, I think I was a un, never ending well. <laughs> It was a pretty big holes in the colander there. I had some uh, patching that needed to be done. I I wanted to say something about what Sam mentioned earlier about unhappily single folks. Mm -hmm. I think that they can still be in a relationship, but it's not going to be healthy. Because like Mm -hmm. you were saying, unhealthy singles, they want other people to feel the love, the need of love from other people, right? They get in a relationship. We, we get we get into the, the situation, like Lindsay was saying, about it's going to be hard to receive love because yeah. you, you don't love yourself. Totally. And so you're not only, yeah, it's like you're not receiving it, but you're so desperate for it because you're not giving it to yourself. So you become very needy and very anxious right. <laughs> and put a so lot we, of pressure think, on the relationship. Think, yeah. I, and I think at the beginning for the, two, for the both of us, we were both in that boat. We did not know what self-love looked like. We depended on each other for love mm. to show us what love is. And a lot of times... Oh disappointed quite often. Yeah, and a lot of times, <laughs> you know, like you just can't comprehend the love that that, that were given to you. Right. Mm. I once had, I, I don't remember who it was, a friend say something about, you know, if you can't accept your partner's love for you, you're either calling them like a liar or a sociopath. <laughs> and so I may have said that. <laughs> you? That might have been you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true. It's so funny when you look at it, like when it's a very disempowering position to be in to rely on somebody else to make you feel loved. No right. pressure. And, and also the thing, <laughs> the thing is that. And, and then to not be able, not only do you rely on that person to make you feel loved, but you don't believe it when they try to do it. <laughs> and then if you act, if it does soak in a little bit, it's going to come out real soon. 
and yeah. you have to constantly refill it. And it's so the lose that, lose battle. <laughs> it's the fact that humans will always disappoint you, right? Yeah. Oh, Kushi, yeah. disappoint me. Oh, great. <laughs> it's because we all already have self love. That, that must be mm. it. <laughs> but yeah, I think one of the things, and it would be, I'd love to know from you guys, like how. what are the changes or what are the things that you've noticed have changed in your relationship and in your marriage as the two of you have really started working on your own self-love? Like, have you, have you noticed, I don't know, different either in the way that you communicate with one another or your, or your ability to receive compliments or, or what is it that has practically changed for you in your relationship now that you both have your own healthy levels of self-love? For me, I think um, when compliments were given to me, it's not that I need them to feel good about myself, but it's more the fact that she sees it and she's affirming more of it. And Mm. I'm accepting it as, oh, yep, you see me for whatever it is that I was doing or whatever it was that that I was showing. Mm. So like you're just acknowledging what you already know about yourself. Yeah. 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 I mean, I feel like we want to get into details here. Yeah. I think when... (laughs) (laughs) That was a creepy laugh. You cannot see this over a podcast, but Koos is giving me the... Oh, what is coming? What details? What details? (laughs) Oh, here it comes. No, I feel like this is probably maybe... I don't want to be gender specific. I feel like a lot of women I know and talk to, because I don't really talk to a lot of men about their sex lives. What? <laughs> um, but I think, I know. I mean, as That's therapy, another I podcast. A bit. That's another podcast. Um, <laughs> but I feel as though to have a sexual intimate relationship when you're feeling bad about your body, that's a huge thing for women. And again, oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm not wanting to be gender specific. I know men also struggle with this, but it seems to be more obvious um on the surface you know for women yeah absolutely mm-hmm. i mean that i mean my my issues with with body image absolutely kept me single for a very very long time because right. when you hate your physical self and when you are existing within a culture that tells you that the most important thing and the thing that men are attracted to is your physicality then mm-hmm. yeah. oh crap <laughs> You uh that is a really, really hard right. thing. Right. You know? And I I feel like, you know, I would never say that your self-love depends on someone else healing parts of you, but mm. I do feel that oftentimes in a healthy relationship, you are able to start the healing process mm. because um someone's supporting you in it. And yeah. someone's, you know, if I were to say, you know, look in the mirror and Kusa standing right next to me, and I were to say, you're an ugly fat cow. You have no value. He'd be like, seriously? Like, what, what are we doing here? You know, yeah. I, I would know that he wouldn't just accept that or agree with it and be like, yep, I see that too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, but I think this is an important thing because I think the other thing that we can get confused with or is this idea that we, we need to really work on our self-love so much before we can get into a relationship. And mm-hmm. that unless we've got our self-love sorted, we're never going to be able to be in a healthy relationship. And oh, or oh for people that are in <laughs> relationships to be like, oh, my God, I'm doomed because I don't have any self-love. And to feel like like you can absolutely work on your self-love within a relationship and improve mm-hmm. it. 
and and you can be single and working on your self-love and still not feel like the most self-loving person and the relationship will help you. I mean, relationships are our greatest source of personal growth. Absolutely. They show us so much. So I think, yeah, we don't, we, you don't have to just get your self-love sorted before you start to be in a relationship with someone else. You can do the two concurrently. Uh, yes. <laughs> and I think no to self. Really... <laughs> no good. Okay. Calling no. myself out. <laughs> I think a lot of times, though, we feel as though self-love is a destination and we've Mm. arrived. And what I've noticed for myself on this little journey is that I can get to a place where I am kind of killing the self-love game. I'm feeling Mm. awesome. I can look in the mirror and just kind of pass by a mirror and be like, oh, dang, I love that girl. She's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then a week later, I can be not in a great spot with it. No. (laughs) (laughs) What? And so, and not, and it's a moment. It's not the whole, it's not like, oh, I've lost the self-love game. I'm back at square one. But instead it's like, oh, I just caught myself in a a not self-loving moment. And that's not how I want to live. So I'm going to kind of examine that, see what that's about. Yes. Whatever feeling I, I need from that, you know. Yeah. I think for me, like the analogy that's coming to mind is like this idea of like self-love as a verb, as an action, as a way of treating yourself Mm -hmm. rather than as a, like if we think of self-love as like a noun, like a thing that we have to have, like something that we're trying to get, then like that's just not, I I don't think that's a healthy way of thinking about it. I think we need to be like, actually self-love isn't this thing that I get. It is Mm -hmm. a verb. It is a treatment. It is an action. It is a way of existing in the world. Like how do Mm -hmm. I love myself? Right. Every day. And some days will be easier than other days. Or in this moment, moment by moment. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And I think when you look in the world of addictions, if we are kind of addicted to uh, treating ourselves like garbage because it feels good in a weird, sick way, mm-hmm. then why would we, what would be the reason we'd want to change that? You know, when things get mm. really painful is when we start to change and move away from that. Mm. But I think sometimes even when you're in a pretty decent space and you have that moment, that that old life speaking, like that old pattern that you're used to thinking, because if you think about if I mean, just in one area, let's just say body image, if for your whole life, you have had constant negative abusive thoughts towards yourself. Yeah, it's not like those are going to disappear the moment you decide I'm done with that. I'm moving on. Like, of course, they're going to pop up and it doesn't mean you believe them and you hold on to them. Yes. But when they pop up just to notice and to be like, oh, I see you. I noticed this thought popped up and I'm going to let it slip away. I'm not going to hold it. Absolutely. On. Yeah. I think that's such an important message because for me, I know that's true. You know, like I really do feel like I've healed my body image issues um, and I have, but, you know, that was 20 years of my life and I'm 35. So more than half my life spent feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And now, yeah, I feel happy and confident in my body. But do I have days where I where that voice returns, where the negative body image creeps up. Yeah, it does. And it's just, as you say, noticing it, being kind, and also reminding myself that's an old story. Like that exists because that is the way I thought about myself for a very long time, but I don't need to think about myself in that Mm -hmm. way anymore. And to not, I think the more we judge, oh, my God, here it comes again, I thought I'd worked on this, then the more we kind of, you know, that it perpetuates and that it becomes this big thing. Whereas if we can just realize it and be like, ah, there it is again, that old thought, (laughs) that old chestnut. (laughs) 
And uh, yeah, we can quieten it quicker. And that's where the act of self-love and learning how to be self-loving is a thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Exactly. One of the things that I heard from Susan Piver, who is an amazing, she's just an amazing woman. She's Shambhala Buddhist meditation teacher, as well as an author. And she's written a lot about relationships. Um, she's written at least three books that I know of on, on relationships. And her latest book is like the four noble truths of love. And she was discussing the impact that self-love has on an intimate relationship and particularly a long-term intimate relationship. So marriage or a relationship that's been going for several years. And I just thought it was so helpful. So I wanted to share it. And she said that basically in the initial stages of a relationship, you know, you are so infatuated with this person and you see this person as quite separate from you. You're two distinct human beings entering into this relationship together. And then the longer that time goes on and you become closer and closer and closer and closer and you're super connected and particularly in marriages where you might've been together for a decade, you kind of like lose the distinction between where you stop and the other person starts. And this is where that kind of romantic idea of this person being your other half and and you are this one person. And so what happens then when if you do not have good self-love, you start to treat that other person as you treat yourself. And so if you treat yourself unkindly, mm. you start to treat the person that should or is the most important person in your life in a really unkind way. Not because you don't love them, but because you don't love yourself and the distinction between the two of you is is no longer clear because you've become so interconnected and this one person. And so you really like owe it to your partner to work on your self-love so that when you are that close and when you are that interconnected, your treatment of them is completely kind and loving. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, you're the married couple. <laughs> you tell me. You're like, we're in marriage therapy. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. No. <laughs> Yeah, no, I feel like, who's, wouldn't you say that that resonates with you? Do you feel like that rings a bell? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, I'm just trying to think of some moments in the past where I feel like, I, I think I kept going back to the moment when you decided to go to camp and I kept fighting you about it and living this uh, parallel universe of you going by yourself and I didn't. And um, just imagining what it would look like where you discover self-love and I didn't and how unbalanced our relationship would be mm -hmm. where you're going to try to keep showing me a, a better way, but I didn't know better. So I keep pushing back. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, I mean, if we hadn't, I, I think I agree with, with what Sam said about what Susan Piper said. Yeah. Where yeah, let's not credit it, it to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we it, can. It, yeah. I'm that much of a genius. I, I think <laughs> I think I think that's basically what happened uh earlier during our marriage, where we are so dependent on each other to to provide love, mm -hmm. to fill up our love colander. <laughs> and that we just ended up not treating each other well because we didn't love ourselves well. Right. We actually notice this a lot in like other couples that we're around 
that um, sometimes they could be like critical of each other or picking at each other in front yes. of people. They're picking at the other. And yeah. we can identify. We're like, oh, oh my gosh, that is terrible. Uh, I think we should do I, that. I Yeah. I, I yeah. actually had, it happened one time where, you know, we were on a trip somewhere and we're having dinner with some friends. And I was, I remember feeling so embarrassed over what happened. Basically, I just, I was unkind to Lindsay and my friend actually had to pull me uh, over and said, hey, I don't think you're treating your wife really nicely right now. And I was like, mm. what? Hmm. Um, and I wouldn't have even at that moment, I didn't think she didn't was think, yeah. treating me badly. Yeah, because you just, didn't have the self-love to, yeah. Totally. So you just tolerated like, that behavior because you deserved it. You know? Right. But you didn't, totally. obviously. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. I did yeah. not. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, for anyone that wasn't clear on that. But um, I think it's like a really interesting reframe. And that's what I was thinking about when Susan Piper brought this up is it's easy to look at couples that have been together for a long time and become mm-hmm. critical of one another and think, oh, this is what happens. The longer marriages go on, then we just start hating one another. And there must right. be a time frame on these things. And people just get mega critical and it's just yeah. awful. But to look at it and be like, it's not that they dislike the person anymore it, it, it's that their own lack of self-love is now coming out onto totally. that other human and, like and initially what's, and what's crazy is that if you're you're around uh, other f- friends who don't and they don't have self-love they're going to think it's normal too mm-hmm. when when, yeah. when a couple is being it, treating each other unkindly they're just going to think well this is normal this is what couples do yeah yeah couples fight totally couples, and- you know Couple, we okay, well, couples oh fight, gosh. but <laughs> in, in a different now way. Now that we have self-love, we never fight, and there is no <laughs> in our house all the time. It's just peace and zen. All the time. It's no. like <laughs> a monastery at the bottom. <laughs> uh, what kind of monastery? What kind of monastery? About? Yeah. Um, no, yeah, but I think that there is this idea that if you are in a place of being in a relationship and your relationship is not going well, or you're unhappy in it, I think it's a valid point to look at the way you're treating yourself, the way your partner's yes. treating themselves, and to make it, have a conversation about what it would look like to be self-loving in that relationship. Mm. Because mm. I do feel like, because I have a supportive partner, anytime that I need to work on my self-love stuff, I need to level up in an area, Mm. I know I can talk to Kusa about it pretty openly and that he's going to be nothing but supportive and vice versa. When he says stuff like even today, um, you know, we've got two kids, it's busy season for our life and like playing soccer is his jam with his friends Sunday afternoon. And Mm. so part of me can be like, well, hang on now, wait a second. I want to take care of the kids on my weekend. Like, uh." But the other part of me says, you know what? There is so much space that Coos provides me throughout the week, throughout our days to take care of what I need to take care of, to feel great about myself, that this is, I want him to have this time. Yeah. And so that's how I think a healthy, I mean, I'm not saying that we've arrived, but, <laughs> but that a healthy um, relationship can walk towards, right? Yeah. This idea. And I think, yeah. I think what you're saying about look looking at, your own treatment of yourself within a relationship, I think that is a more powerful and a healthier place to start. And I think this Mm -hmm. is where a lot of us go wrong is that in a relationship, if you 
you know, you can try and change the way that you are treating the other person. If you notice, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not treating them that well. I should probably be kinder to them, be nicer to them. Um, when actually, if you started with yourself and you were kinder to yourself and nicer to yourself, that would that would extend to the other person. It's often because what we are doing, we're always projecting, right? So when we're like snapping at someone else and being impatient with someone else, that's because we're impatient with ourselves. And absolutely. And so if we can build patience for ourselves, tolerance for ourselves, then we extend that to other people. So it's always, we always have to start with ourselves rather than looking at, you know, I need to be kinder to this other person. Yes, you do. But the way to get there the fastest, I think, is through learning to be kind to yourself. Yeah. Sam, what would you say is something you feel that people that are single, people that Mm -hmm. are in a relationship, could maybe take away from this podcast about self-love around a specific holiday? Let's say Valentine's Day. (laughs) say valentine's day you know a day that's centered on love but kind of a saccharine sweet version of it um yeah there can be pressure cultural norms whatever yeah i think to begin with it's about acknowledging like valentine's day as we said at the start of this episode is different for everyone sometimes valentine's day is a really important day for people for others it's you know it it's just a regular day it doesn't it doesn't really mean anything but for you to kind of to know, okay, like what is coming up for me at on this day at this time of year? Like, um, is this day going to potentially make me feel more lonely, a little upset if I'm single and I want to be in relationship and I'm seeing everywhere online, you know, all of these examples of everybody declaring their love for one another. Like, so just to acknowledge, you know, this might be a time of year where, where you might feel triggered and you might feel a little bit tender. And if mm-hmm. that's the case, to ask yourself what would be the loving thing to do and what is going to make me feel mm-hmm. really loved and really connected right now because I think mm-hmm. it's always important to look at if we're feeling lonely, what's the opposite to that? And for me, the opposite to loneliness is connection. So how can I create connection in my life on that day? And that might be connecting with friends. It might be certain family members that make you feel really connected. It might be that there's a particular place where you feel connected. Like for me, you know, my ocean. Your ocean. My ocean. Wow. wow. <laughs> I now own the ocean, people. Sure, sure, Sam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think like it's always about recognizing there is no one size fits all approach to this, but what is going to feel loving to you and if this isn't a day that brings up anything for you if this is just a regular day awesome then just love yourself on that day like you would on any other day of the year but if is if this is a day that is going to bring up some emotion you know how is it that you can best process that like are you going to journal a bit more are you going to take yourself on a date again for some people that would feel like really empowering and loving and awesome and for other people that might make them want to throw up in their mouth and actually rub in the fact that oh my god i feel pathetic i'm taking myself on a date so it's about not it's about knowing what's going to feel good for you and giving yourself permission to do that and if you're within a relationship kind of having like an open conversation with your partner about what valentine's day means to each of you and (laughs) things i wish i had known at the beginning of our relationship you know because (laughs) like for some like 
it, it's all very simple well conversation. <laughs> because often within relationships, that's the thing. One person thinks that Valentine's Day right. is a is a commercial cynical joke, and the other person feels like it's really important as a you know an expression of their love. And so, it was definitely something that we did not discuss. <laughs> a simple conversation could have cleared up a lot of pain. <laughs> and again, this is about going. Uh, like how do I treat how do I speak to my partner in again their love language so if you're with a partner where Valentine's Day is really important to them uh, then perhaps it's about swallowing your own self-pride and therefore doing something for them because that's important to them and and vice versa (laughs) and vice versa (laughs) if the other person doesn't care then maybe the loving thing to do is to not give them a card, not buy them a gift, and to acknowledge that for them, <laughs> it's not important. They don't love love. Sam, speaking <laughs> of cards, you have to read, to end our podcast today, Yes, um, you have to read the Emily McDowell cards. They are so perfect for Valentine's Day. Yes. Everybody who doesn't, who isn't familiar with Emily McDowell's work, please go check her out. She has an amazing stationery and card company. And... This card is, I just think it's brilliant. It's one of her Valentine's cards. There's a lot of them. I'm just going to read it out to you. So this is what it says on the front. I know we're not like together or anything, but it felt weird to just not say anything. So I got you this card. It's not a big deal. It doesn't really mean anything. There isn't even a heart on it. So basically it's a card saying, hi, forget it. And the cool thing about that card is that was the card that started her company. That was the very first card that she ever wrote um, and illustrated, which was yeah six years ago. And she's grown a huge kind of um, greeting card and company. Uh, but, yeah, I just think there's so much truth to that, you know. It's a great Valentine's She card. writes the cards we're all looking for. <laughs> she does. She does. Well, to end our episode today, I, I, res- I gratefully will receive all chocolates, flowers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not where I was going, but yes, if you need Sam's address, I please can let us know. give it to you. Yeah, <laughs> just email us. <laughs> I am really loving this uh, forward thinking Sam. This is really brilliant. Uh, but also, unrelated, <laughs> wherever you might be on Valentine's Day, alone, Single, happily single, sadly single, happily married, happily coupled, sadly coupled, wherever you might be, it is the right time to start practicing more self-love. It will only deepen your experience of joy and contentment. And there's literally not a single negative side effect. (laughs) (laughs) No negative side effects. You can take this drug anytime. (laughs) Unless you're allergic to self-love. Yes, unless you're allergic to love. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode. Our hope is that each day you feel more connected to the knowledge that you are infinitely loved. If you want to continue this conversation, you can find us at yourinfinitelyloved.com.